0: but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm Juliette Lamar, your host, and today we have an exciting guest. With us, he is the CEO of Bitbull Capital, Joe DiPasquale. Welcome, Joe. How are you?
2: Thank you, Julia. It's a great day to be in crypto and talk, looking forward to talking.
1: Oh, we're very excited to to pick your brain all about it. So start off with the, with the easy question. Just give us an overview about who Bitbull is and what you guys do over at Bitbull Capital.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, I'll talk a bit about, I think, myself, my background in Bitbull as well. Um, so my own story into crypto and getting in crypto is actually having worked on, worked in you know typical finance, Wall Street in New York, moved over about 15 years ago to Silicon Valley uh, for, for business school at Stanford um, and got into venture capital, got into technology at that time. Uh, and in 2013, the founder of the Silk Road was apprehended uh, by the FBI, uh, in the, in an actual San Francisco public library where he was using the, you know, just the, the internet there. They, it was a, it was like, a it was a it was a production they made sure he didn't close his computer they they surrounded him and they handcuffed him and let him out and it was big news in San Francisco um and so that's when i really i mean just it was in the papers for days and i uh, i bought the dip initially with bitcoin this was i guess well 5 years ago or so um but as many people in blockchain and crypto assets will tell you there's a they're They're fascinating. there's a rabbit hole and uh, you just kind of learn more and more. so I started diversifying my own investing in the space and then it wasn't until late 2016 um, you know there's so much news in 2017 about the price appreciation but even in 2016 um, Bitcoin went up about seventy five percent. so at that point, I had uh, diversified my allocations to different crypto assets. I was amassing some assets and um people capital is an outgrowth of wanting active management in crypto, which
1: I can certainly talk about as well yeah give us a, give us more
2: sure sure well absolutely so um it, crypto assets are just one more you know it's, it, they they really reflect kind of any of these markets or even stock exchanges that you see, and so you can go on a website like CoinMarketCap and see the what, 10,000 different exchanges in crypto or the 1,600 different cryptocurrencies, was which doesn't even include any of these pre-ICO's or initial coin offerings. And every minute, every second of every day, all of these assets are trading at a different price, moving up and down, just like you'd see with other assets that trade. Um, and so I think as just a framework, you know, it's important to think of crypto assets as an emerging uh, Asset class, or maybe perhaps sub-asset class, uh, where um, you can you know buy and sell, and there are all the typical strategies for investing that you'd see in, in equities. Um, for me, and because much research from Eureka Hedge to others has shown that active management in crypto outperforms passive management, I knew I knew that I personally wanted um, active management in crypto, and that's when I started doing diligence on what was uh a year ago there were about 20 crypto hedge funds now there are over 342 crypto hedge funds and i personally um have done diligence on them to understand their different strategies and the basket that of of active management strategies and managers that would perform the best for me as an investor
1: yeah so yes and yeah, yeah you, i mean you you you've got such a a wealth of knowledge really because you're doing your due diligence and and you are really researching this world but so you you know cryptocurrency is not going away this is this is our future speak a little bit to that um, to maybe the people who think that crypto is not a viable kind of thing you see that in the in the press a lot today Mm -hmm. I think
2: many people hit on hit exactly on, you know, that blockchain as a technology is an important technology. It's a decentralized consensus based ledger uh, where you can transfer value, you know, not with a centralized authority, but with the kind of the wisdom of those in the network. Um, And so blockchain is pretty unassailed as an important new technology. And there are many private blockchains that companies from Goldman Sachs to IBM are, are working on, um, and more, Bank of America and more. Now, then you make the leap to these crypto assets. These are uh, – this is an industry-specific way of saying cryptocurrencies. The reason that we say crypto assets is because um, Bitcoin, it, although that is a currency, the second place, Ethereum, is not seen as a currency. It's seen as a platform or an asset for others to build on top of. And the blockchain with these other crypto assets is trying to disrupt many other um, kind of lines of business, such as uh, digital identity management, file storage, decentralized computing, uh, uh, payments transfer, visa-like payments transfers, and more. Um, So uh, in terms of crypto assets being here to stay, one of the ways that um, many of the top venture capitalists see crypto assets now and and many top venture capitalists are invested actually in many crypto hedge funds at this point um to trade these uh trade these tokens um what they what they see is that you can get these um venture capital like economics so you know historically venture capital has been restricted only to um, maybe a select few who are seeing the highest quality deals and investing at the right price and investing a lot of money early, so they get th- that good price. Um, whereas now you can buy a fraction of an emerging technology, um, as exhibited by its its token, and. It's liquid, so that's um, really disruptive for um, Silicon Valley and also investors. So investors are now able to get on what some of the top you know venture capitalists from Sequoia to Andreessen and Horowitz to Union Square Ventures and more view as disruptive, but have immediate liquidity um, and also be able to get in a fractional uh, at any value that they want, essentially.
1: Wow! Yeah, so it's a whole new yeah. new way of of looking at you know, how to use our assets in ways, you know, what what motivates you in all of this?
2: (laughs) Well, so my background, um, you know, I've done investment management and investment banking, but I've also done startups and venture capital. So um, I saw these entrepreneurs as well in the last year uh, going um, just kind of, essentially moving their companies onto onto applying the blockchain so one of the ways that venture capitalists value a startup is certainly the team but it's also the the size of the industry that they're going after that they're trying to you know be successful in and blockchain is, is seen as one of the major disruptors and this is from everyone from you know those in silicon valley to even um you know uh senators who've talked in, uh, in banking committee hearings about how it can be just as disruptive as, as mobile phones, essentially. Uh, and so I've seen, just sitting and in, in living in Silicon Valley, I've seen that, you know, I've seen the different technologies that people are applying and applying to industry. And um, I guess that's what's been motivating to me is the amount of impact that uh, that as a um, as someone in the space, as uh, an investor in the space, that I personally can, uh, you know, kind of contribute to exciting new pro- projects that I'm uh, that I'm that I'm excited about.
1: Absolutely. So I know that your team does a lot of research. Do you want to talk about some of the the really exciting and interesting things that you're finding through your research?
2: Sure. And that was an outgrowth of kind of me myself, um, you know, doing this research. And you know, for compliance reasons, I can't talk. To us directly about the gold capitals, uh, uh, you know, exact findings, but I can talk about my own findings and some general things about our research. And here's what I would say. Um, so just as background, um, you know, from these 340 funds, first of all, what you'll see with crypto asset investing is that um, the active managers are all generally startups, just like these tokens, The the, the, uh, the active managers are startups. And um, there are a host of different strategies that they're using. So, of course, you know you're familiar with these initial coin offerings, but those are or ICOs. But those are when uh, one of the six, there's a new one of the sixteen hundred different cryptocurrencies, uh, and that might start off small and and grow larger, or you know as a startup it might die off as well. Um, and just like startups, I think there's so many analogies. You can make. Uh, many people think that, you know, these 1,600 cryptocurrencies, there will be, you know, handfuls maybe that win out as different uh, blockchain technologies, uh, and but there will be more every year that are starting up and perhaps trying to unseat um, the the winners. So it's very comparable to angel investing or venture capital investing. Um, so in terms of our research, we have people who do these ICOs and focus on getting in at the earliest point or being kind of the earliest angel. And then you see active managers who um, are all the way on the other end of the side and, and just take what's called a market neutral position. So getting into a buying an asset and, and holding that asset would be a directional position where you're betting that that will go up. You can take market neutral positions, and that's most common in, in quantitative strategies. So where you're Um, Buying and selling in a systematic way, often using an algorithm, or you know, even applying machine learning to trading crypto, Um, and uh, and that can there are a number of different strategies that fall under quantitative strategies, um, from mean reversion. So let's say you think Bitcoin is going to just stay at 8,500 for a while, and you want to buy low and sell high repeatedly, to sentiment analysis. So that can be news sentiment. You know, news coming up about a specific coin, social media sentiment, what's happening on Twitter, what do people feel, or another quantitative strategy is arbitrage. Uh, I mentioned there are ten thousand different exchanges. Uh, we see many funds that are focused simply on um, buying low and selling high within seconds, so that they can um, take advantage of any price inefficiencies. And it's been it's been interesting for me as an investor. To try to balance my own portfolio, one constant we've seen in crypto is the volatility, where, for example, in the fourth quarter of last year, prices shot up. In the first quarter of this year, prices went down. So for me, what I believe in personally is a mix of different strategies to kind of hedge um, your own, you know, your own downside. So let's say the bottom, you know, let's say if you were in an index of crypto in March, you would have lost about 40 five to fifty percent. Um and the opposite in April, by the way, went up <laughs> about that much. Um uh, you wanna lower your downside risk. So you want less of a percent of that downside, um 50% of that downside, let's say. And you wanna up you want to heighten your upside. So um in traditional asset investing you want to get, you know, maybe eighty percent of the upside and sixty percent or fifty percent of the downside. Or in some cases you can get even even above that, you can get two hundred percent of the upside you know if you're if you're um if you're doing things right in crypto, there's many inefficiencies in crypto. I hope that I went on for a bit. I hope that uh made sense. There's <laughs> so many different strategies that you can apply to this investing um yeah yeah,
1: so yeah it's so many different strategies and and that that is what makes it exciting because you feel like there's more options and it's really tailored specifically to to how you want to go about the whole process
2: yeah, that's right. I think that um you know, in my personal portfolio, you know, I, I also hold equities, and actually, um, funnily enough, with equities, I generally refrain. Uh, even though I've done equity analysis, I generally refrain from buying specific um, specific equities, and I usually do TS and that sort of thing. And my strategy in crypto has been exactly the opposite of that, where I want active management, uh, and I don't, and I and I don't, you know kind of go into these, I don't uh, necessarily buy and hold for long periods of time, although that is actually a strategy I employ in crypto as well, but um, I in crypto, I'm willing to uh, kind of dig in deeper with a team that's uh, kind of using more advanced strategies. What we find is that, and what has been found in many studies, is that in some other asset classes like equities, um uh businesses like hedge funds don't outperform an index. But what the you know, studies from Eureka Hedge and others show in crypto is that they have historically outperformed um, indexes in, in years like 2017. And also they're coming out with some 2018 research as well.
1: So. Yes, I think I'm more of the, the buy and hold kind of person. It stresses me out mm-hmm. when, it, when the market fluctuates so much. But that's also with stocks. You know, I try to think of things in a, in a longer term. I think that's what's so frustrating about crypto is it's so volatile that people get unnerved, you know, if they're not understanding exactly what's going on, where a lot of people have jumped into the market without this kind of foundation of understanding because they just want to get involved in the action.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's so early stage with many of these crypto assets in in blockchain projects. Uh, And, you know, I see in the future, we'll certainly see projects debuting after more maturity but right now you're certainly finding crypto assets debuting on the promise of a product or doing an ico before development has been finished and for me I've, I've done angel investing before and what i've always found is with my angel investments is um you know you 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 have you put some money in and then it needs to bake for a while basically uh it needs uh it needs a year or more to really before you have any sense but And these crypto assets, you can get, again, up to the second pricing of them. So you might have participated in a, you know, a new uh, offering of a new coin and be watching it. But it's really hard when you focus in that small, it's very, you sometimes, you know, uh, miss the forest for the trees. And uh, I do think that that overarching perspective is very, is very important. Um, So I totally agree with you. Uh, And, um. You know the industry itself for crypto assets. So there was about just um, seven billion dollars in ICOs that that we've seen go through in the last year, and those that that was effectively the, the industry's Series A. So there wasn't that focus on um, crypto before the last year. Uh, it was you know just not not in the not a hot topic. So now that we've seen that, it will be really exciting to see what will happen as people scramble for blockchain developer talent, which is happening now, and as people dig into their own developments. And we are waiting somewhat in the industry to see this great product market fit between um, crypto assets and enterprise or consumer use cases. We're seeing some emerging cases of that. uh, But Really, it's a very early stage where you are taking a bet and you are going through, you know, the peaks and the troughs. And, uh, it will be in the next year that we believe that you'll see some of that product market fit. Um, and, um, and, you know, and then going, going from there that once there is product market fit, that will, that will uh, take away one of the major risks for crypto asset investing.
1: Tell me a little bit about your alter ego, Mr. Crypto Joe. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know,
2: um, I started kind of documenting the process of going to these conferences and going and learning from crypto investors, crypto technologists, and I interviewed many people uh uh, it's about um crypto assets uh and the investing strategies what they're building in the space and more and uh you know e- so it's been a really it's a re- been a really interesting um interesting process and so um uh so uh, yeah there's there's just many interviews on that on that youtube channel and um uh and i, I go to these conferences including uh the future tech Blockchain Conference in Dallas, which I went to a few months ago, and I spoke to John McAfee for several minutes to get his opinions. I spoke to um, someone who was presenting there from the s e c to get his opinions and more and um it's uh just what you know my I know that you know it's my job right who for example, last week I was in New York for consensus, a large conference, and kind of capture and learn, and then I also try to capture for people who aren't um you know, there at the moment. So it's been really interesting.
1: And share with us a little bit, you know, about some of the biggest things you have learned by working in this space and by meeting people who are in multiple different sectors of the space. What's one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. that you've you've learned or what are the most misconception that you had that you were corrected on?
2: Hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, One of the things it's interesting to see – as an investor, some of the parallels to what's gone before us. So, ICOs are disrupting, for example, um, but we're seeing similarities now to IPOs, initial public offerings. So, I guess what, what I would say is that it's interesting the extent to which some we're, were, um, were creating a, a different way of doing some things that are similar. So, what I mean by that is that In an IPO, you'll see there's an underwriter, for example, and that underwriter might get a certain price, and then it goes out to the public markets and uh, gets another price at that point. And we're seeing almost the case where there are these – or maybe perhaps you could also say it's mirroring venture capital, right, where um, the top quartile of venture capitalists – it's been shown that those are the ones that get the returns because they have the best access to deals. And I think we're seeing some parallels to crypto asset investing as well being started where it's not the case, nor it's it's harder now to find that diamond in the rough. And there are these paths to you know, what we'll call whales in the industry or funds in the industry. And there are these projects that get swooped up. And um, certainly, um, you know, last week at Consensus, I definitely went to, uh, you know, an event, a private event, where uh, there's, there were actually a few private events where there are certain projects being kind of shown off by, you know, one fund or the other and uh, and um, vetted. So, uh, so there are these kind of inroads that are happening that I feel like mirror uh, what we used to see with venture capital, uh, at least. Um, and that's been interesting because it used to be the case where you put your project out there on the internet. You, you know, you talk. You created a community, um, a group talking about it on Telegram or on Bitcoin Talk or other platforms. Uh, and um, and now it's uh, it's uh, it's mirroring more the kind of the what we've seen with angel and venture capital investing, which has been interesting. Um, and I think you know. It's because uh, it's also been shown that in crypto, you do need some vetting. There's been so many kind of uh, projects that have maybe not been vetted, you know, enough in the in the last year. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason that people have gone that route.
1: Absolutely. Yo, thank so thank you so much for, for taking the time to share all your knowledge and wisdom with us here today on this podcast. You, you're you just full of it. And and I could pick your brain for hours. So I'm going to have to go check out your Crypto Joe Also Ego. and and really get an inside look into a lot of your own experiences.
2: Juliette, it's my pleasure. Um, I absolutely love the Future Tech Podcast, and it's, um, it's just a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking further.
1: Absolutely. That was Joe DiPasquale. He is the CEO of Bitbull Capital. You can find them at bitbullcapital.com. You can also see Crypto Joe on YouTube. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Juliette Lamar with Future Tech
0: Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence,